Now, Alex Garland was an important character for me because back in the 90s, it was a done thing when you're in your early 20s to go to Australia and do a year's backpacking. I didn't have to have that plan in my head because I already had a passport that meant I could live here. Um, but the, the whole process was you go land in Bangkok, stay in the Khao Sam Road, you take the train down to uh, Suritanai, is it, and get a ferry across to Koh Samui, stay on Koh Samui, go to the full, full moon party on Koh Phangan. And here is a book that just followed that journey. And it was it was bizarre because when you did that journey back then, you actually bumped into the same people going and coming back. You'd sit in the cafe and be the person that was a thousand kilometers down the road with you. Uh, and it was a very formative uh, period of my life. My first time away from home by myself, pretty much, well, properly. I mean, I've been away, like, sort of within the United Kingdom, but going away for what was then two years, uh, it was a very exotic thing. And obviously his novel, The Beach, really did catch on. Um, it was made into an appalling film by Danny Boyle uh, and Leonardo DiCaprio as well. Really bad film. I caught the last half of it recently. He only wrote two more books. Um, he moved into screenwriting for 28 Days, um, Sunshine, Never Let Me Go, and interestingly, Dread. Now, Dread is a hugely undervalued movie for me, and it really does deserve a sequel, a Judge Dread movie. Recently, the star of it, who played Judge Dredd, I've lost, completely lost track of who it was, has said that the, the guy that directed that film was pretty much sacked, and Alex Garland really directed that movie, and he deserves to have the directing credit. So that's interesting, because I thought it was great. Uh, X Machine is officially listed as... And I notice if you look on Wikipedia, it will say Dredd is directed by one person. But if you look on Alex Garland's profile, it says he directed Dredd. So kind of interesting. Um, Ex Machina, I thought, was a very overrated sci-fi film. Starring Oscar Isaac, I thought he was pretty much, alongside the production design, the only decent thing about it. I thought it was um, overburdened by ideas that it didn't really live up to. Uh, got great reviews. But he's back with Annihilation, which is a book by Jeff Vandermeer, a trilogy of science fiction novels that came out. And they've hugely acclaimed bestsellers. And sound very interesting. Um, interestingly, it's three books, and the second and third books massively widen the story. But he didn't know of the other two books; they hadn't been written by the time that he started writing this. So he deliberately didn't write them. He focuses on the story from the first book, and basically, it's um, Natalie Portman is a scientist who used to be in the military, and her husband's been missing in action for a year, presumed in a, in Iraq. And she's sort of picking up the pieces of her life. And he turns up one day. And it's Oscar Isaac, again, who's a, who's a husband. And he's in a very, very bad state. Mentally, he's all over the place and has, it seems, no real idea of where he's been or anything about his life. And then he starts have hemorrhaging and having these um, terrible physical reactions. And she's dragged into this secret military complex where everything's explained to her. Basically, um, this thing, this aura started emanating out of this lighthouse in this remote patch of land in America and has been growing for two years. And it's called the Shimmer. And it grows exponentially and um, is getting into now areas where it might actually reach civilian populations. And every single one of the 12, I think, teams, military teams they've sent in 
No one has previously come back alive, only her husband, who's at death's door in prison. So she then joins with three other women, very pointedly, that the, uh, the four protagonists here are female, that they're military and that they're scientists, uh, which is quite a, a, a big call. Uh, and one that works really well here as well. They all decide, Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, who's the boss, she's like the head of the camp. She decides to go in. We later find because she's dying from cancer. And Gina Rodriguez and Tessa Thompson, everyone has their own reasons for going in. And once they enter into this shimmer, which is like the real world, but there are always subtle differences more and more as they go on, things begin, begin to mutate genetically. For instance, there's a crocodile attack at the start, and the crocodile's got shark's teeth. And there are deer with plants as antlers. And things like this keep happening. And the four women start to understand that the, whatever's emanating from the lighthouse is affecting every bit of DNA, including theirs. And they pursue closer and closer to this lighthouse to try and find out what's coming from it and what they can do to stop it. But all the while, they're falling apart and they don't trust their own mental capacities and bad things keep happening and encounters with horrific animals and, and very odd, beautiful th <coughs> things as well, such as gardens that look like they're people, where plants have grown into people, basically, and some stunning imagery along the way. Uh, and it's... What did I think of it? I thought it was absolutely amazing um interestingly this film got bumped off the world cinema for netflix which is a bit sad and alex garland said he wasn't happy about it and this was the result of the producer standing by his director when some other bigwig at the uh, at the production house came forward he fought them to try and change the film to make it happier to make natalie portman's divisive character much more likable and to put a happy ending on it and the producer of the film said, get stuffed. We're sticking with this film. It's brilliant. And it did all right at the box office in America. But I don't understand producers when they do this. This kind of film with this kind of story, it isn't going to appeal to a massive demographic anyway. Why not just stick with a pure vision instead of making it both unsuccessful and terrible? Um, this is a unique science fiction film for me. It didn't feel quite like anything else um, I really like the motivations of what happens for instance you initially believe that the leader of the group Jennifer Jason Lee is on a mission to assuage her guilt she feels guilty about sending all these soldiers in but then you gradually learn that actually she's got cancer and she's dying and she's doing it for, for herself and not for other people and most pointedly Natalie Portman's character you think that their, the relationship with her husband is portrayed in a very loving and romantic way at first. But as it goes on, you start to understand that there's a lot wrong there. And it's a film primarily about motivations. You think she's going in to save her husband. She's been having an affair. And it seems that she's going in out of guilt. She feels like she owes him. And then it's also, even more deeply, you feel that the husband was going into these dangerous situations because of the distance he felt between himself and the wife in a self-destructive manner and because he knew about the affair. It wasn't something that just arrived with him being away from home. 
It was something that led him to being away from home. And there are lots of these entanglements with um, sort of moral driving factors and why people are in this position. And it's a very cerebral film. It's much more inside the head than it is visually, but it is stunningly visual as well. Um, if there are flaws in it, you could argue that there are, outside of Natalie Portman's character, that the characters aren't necessarily very well developed. I thought Oscar Isaac was, and I thought Natalie Portman was. I thought they were brilliant. Natalie Portman, I've slated a bit for being a clumsy actress many times. Here, I think she's superb, really handles a difficult role, because it's not a particularly likable person, and she's not really given a lot of sort of charity by the director either, but I think she does do a really good job here. Um, it doesn't rely on visuals, but it's visually often very, very striking. And some of the sequences, like the sequence with the bear, rivals the bear sequence in The Revenant. It's truly magnificent. And there's this bear that um, one of the genetic mutations it takes on board are the screams of its victims, which is quite terrifying, actually. Um, and they pursue on towards this lighthouse. Things become crazier and crazier along the way and more and more sort of metaphysical as well. And you, you kind of know that there's some sort of alien entity at the heart of all of this. But what I thought really notched this up a bit was the last half hour, which is incredible and takes no prisoners and doesn't offer easy answers at all. It, it pushes the story in ways that you don't expect and offers conclusions that you can't quite reach and many memorable sequences along the way. Um, she, she has a doppelganger in it that sort of mirrors her. Even when she tries to fight him, she can't fight the, the mirror of herself as, as this sort of entity seems to be changing the world around her and changing everything that's going on. Um, it's, it's stunning to look at. The soundtrack is awesome. Ben Salisbury and Jeff Barrow from Portishead offers some fittingly morbid and dark and frightening music along the way uh, and that last half hour is packed full of disturbing and beautiful imagery very strange things happen odd things uh, not easily explainable at all and also it's soundtracked and, and visually so striking so i would um i would bump this up slightly from what i would score it normally just because it really is a film that sits with you long after you finish watching it and it doesn't provide very concrete easy answers it kind of poses more questions than it answers i thought the um even though the other three women in it aren't as well defined as natalie portman i i really thought that the relationship between her and oscar isaac which was continually shifting as a movie progressed was a was a fascinating one and I love the fact that they based it all on motivations of the characters as well. Um, and outside of that, it's got a lot to look at in awe and a lot to listen to in awe as well. So um, because it's so strange and original, because it left me with um, so many thoughts, I'm going to give Annihilation a 9 out of 10. I'd probably score it a tiny bit lower if it was a little bit more ordinary. And you could say that there are elements to it which are a bit ponderous sometimes in the way that the women talk to each other and stuff like that. But I think it, it nails much harder targets along the way. Um, so Annihilation, well worth seeing, and it's on Netflix, a uh, 9 out of 10. And this is from Crystal Castles all the way back when they were a happy band. Uh, when it was